Welcome, welcome, welcome. I know this is a new time. We're gonna try uh we're gonna try noon here, lunchtime. Well, at least lunchtime, Cali time, Pacific time. But um anyways, I have Brit on and Brit is in the the green room, right, Brit? They could hear you, dude. They just can't That's see right. you. Yeah. So <laughs> I just figured I'm gonna just go through the housekeeping and um and then we'll bring Brit right back on. So folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Curious where the Serpents and Doves family, where are you guys tuning in from? You know, I love to to hear where everybody is tuning in from. So um so yeah, let me know. Let me know where you guys are tuning in from as soon as I read. Uh, I see it here. I'm definitely going to give shout outs for sure. In the meantime, we're going to be talking about some great, great stuff. I love the fact that Britt is on and sharing of his wisdom and his knowledge in regards to so much Bible prophecy. And so I am going to be telling you guys, you guys got to get your hands on Britt's book. It's called The End Times, A Guide to Bible Prophecy in the Last Days. It is a fantastic book. It is a quick read easy to understand, but Britt does a fabulous job at covering all of the bases here when it comes to Bible prophecy. So I'm going to, uh, actually, I think I have a link to all of his books down below, but how about we do some, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, we got South Florida, Portland, Oregon. Uh, Gail is Ontario, Canada. We got Pennsylvania's in the house, Arkansas, Jean Noel, Louisiana, uh, Arizona, we got Washington, love it, Washington again. So, uh, Vancouver Island, very, very cool. Pensacola, Florida, Alberta, Canada, we've got a lot of Canadian folks in the house. This is great. Uh, Joe Moore, Kansas City, go Chiefs. I don't know about that. I don't know about go Chiefs. 49ers, let's go 49ers. Let's say 49ers. Now, probably most of you are going to tune out now that I said go 49ers, but. It's okay. The the few that stay with us, the few that the faithful that stay with us. Anyways, good to have you on, Joe Moore. Um, we got Wretched Watchman. What's up, brother? What's going on? Uh, Tennessee, Kansas, again, another Canada, Michigan, North Carolina. Britt, where are you from, dude? You're Virginia, I'm right? In Chesapeake, Virginia. Yeah. Okay, so you're in Virginia. Do we got any Virginians in the house over here? Got a lot of Washington, North Carolina. We got Diane Paul from England once again. Good to see you on. Love it, folks. This is great. Connecticut, Lincoln City. This is wonderful. Love it, love it. Eastern Washington from Gary Thorington. This is great. So good to have everybody on. Um, this is going to be a good one. So I'll tell you what. Let me get through the housekeeping ASAP. We'll bring Britt on and we'll get cracking. Sounds good. So let me get on over here, folks, for all of you guys. Uh, that already know the Serpents and Doves website. Um, please share it if you don't mind uh, with as many folks. The reason why is the offhand, everything we talk about is right there on the offhand, centralized. All the wonderful guests, God's opened the doors uh, for uh, me to be able to interview and all their wisdom and knowledge is up there. It would be a benefit to folks as well. If you like what you see, if you want to um, come alongside and support the ministry, you could do so right there. You click the donate button, and I just can't tell you guys how much that helps. Um, and I mean that. I really seriously mean it. Without your, your help, um, there's no way this could 
uh, keep rolling the way it does. So thank you guys very much. And um, the shop tab is right there. I've mentioned uh, pre-orders and uh, we'll talk about that some other time. But anyways, that's Serpents and Dove site, folks. Uh, most importantly, End Times Bible Prophecy. This is Brit's website. It is chock full. I always say this because these guys have such amazing uh, resources and articles. Uh, Brit has done a fantastic job at consolidating everything on his site. So you could see his books there on the right-hand side. You've got articles and topics on the left. I highly encourage you guys to check this out if you're going to do Bible studies or you just want to um, grow in your understanding and, and knowledge of Bible and end times eschatology, go here to Brit's website. It's linked below, and I want to encourage you guys to do that. So without further ado, if you know what, Brit, you're, you're on, my brother. If I had a drum roll, I would do that, but I don't have one. So that'll have to do. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. I know. it's The last time you were on, I think, was October. That's like way too long. Way too long. Wow, has it been that long? Wow. It's been that long. Time's just flying by. It's going so quick, dude. I'm telling you. Um, so tell me, what what are, you've been busy, dude. You do one every single day. How do you do? How do you find the time, man? Yeah. Well, I've got a wonderful wife who helps me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. coordinate all of, all of that stuff. We've I uh, got three kids and a dog and we're building a house. So it actually has been fairly overwhelming recently and I moved temporarily to three days a week. Announced that cool. I guess yesterday. Okay. Um and in fact I accidentally announced, I guess, that three day three videos a day. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize that until afterwards. So I had to put, oh, a, put a comment at the top saying I misspoke. I meant three three a week, <laughs> at least for the next few weeks till our house is finished and we get all that taken care of. Then Very cool. I'll so be back. You are a busy man, dude. So and and you've got your day job as well. So you've got a full plate, brother. You've got a lot. So I, yes. I really appreciate you coming <laughs> on and sharing with us oh, because. Course. Man, like we were just barely talking off the record. There is so much to talk about when it comes to Bible prophecy. It is literally unfolding right before our very eyes. And let me tell you this, folks, that uh, for those that may think that the rapture is far, far off, I, have a, I will tell you, obviously no one knows the day or hour, but I don't think we're that far. I think we're really, really, really close. Emphasis on close, just because of everything happening all around the world. What's your take on that, Britt? Yeah, I think so. I think what what we've been experiencing really for, for decades, but particularly the last two or three years, is the birth pains Jesus talked about. And those were in reference to the tribulation and the end of that, his coming back to establish his kingdom. That wasn't in reference to the rapture, Correct. which occurs before the tribulation. Yep. So if we're getting closer and closer to the tribulation period, then the rapture has, has to be, by definition, very close if, if the tribulation is close. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I agree. We are, we're getting close to that time period. I agree 100%. It's kind of like what they used to say, at least, not anymore, but they used to say when you see Christmas decorations going up, you know Thanksgiving is right around the corner. So we're seeing those decorations. We've been seeing the decorations go up for quite some time now. So imagine how close 
it is for the Lord to come and take the church away. Now, that should bring everybody hope and encouragement for those that are in Christ. We're going to get to that towards the end. Um, but in the meantime, hang tight with us. We want to share some things with you guys. Before I do, is it cool if I read from your book? Because I think it's so apropos. I might read one or two paragraphs, um, and then you can jump in there and just maybe fill in the blanks for us because it's a good segue into so many of these um, current events, these articles that I'd like to touch on and bounce off of you, get your take on it. You've been talking quite a bit about this whole notion of kind of the fountain of youth people are looking for, right? Living forever. And we both know that's not going to happen outside. Well, hold on. Let me pause. People will live forever in one of two addresses. <laughs> but I think what we're talking about is people want to live forever in this, in this body of flesh and blood right here in this earth. And they think that they're thinking, you know, eternally, which God did put eternity in our hearts that he did for sure. But without Christ, there is this, this blindness that has happened to people, and they only see in the temporal, and that's what, what we're talking about, too. So I'd like maybe if you could just quickly touch on that as well. But let me read this. Again, folks, you guys should get your hands on this if you can, um, uh, because uh, it's a really, really good, really good book. And um, on a side note, on a side note, let me let me do this real quick. I want to give one of these away. I want to give another one of these away. So th this is a fabulous little book. Whoever hasn't read this, you got to read this. And I'm going to give I'm going to be giving these away. I've got I think 40 of them to give away and I'm going to try to do one at least every podcast. So um, I came up with a quick question. Britt, you cool if I just do this real quick? Sure. This question. Um, because where is it? Here it is. Okay, folks. So um, the question is, uh, I'll just give you a quick hint. It's in the book of Acts. It's in the book of Acts. But who said, sirs, what, what must I do to be saved? Who said that? If you guys can tell me, and I just gave you a big clue, a big hint. It's in the book of Acts. Who said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? First person that gives me the right answer, I will send this book to you guys, and um, I'll tell you, whoever wins it, I'll tell you uh, where to give me your mailing address. All right, so that's it. Um, okay, Britt, you cool if I read this? Sure. All right, brother, let me, let me go ahead and come on over here and read this. It was October 1962, the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis. U.S. spy planes discovered secret Soviet nuclear missile installations on the island of Cuba. I'm sure you guys, well, most of you should remember this. President Kennedy demanded their removal, and the showdown that followed threatened to trigger a global nuclear war. To stop the Soviets from shipping nuclear weapons to the tiny Caribbean nation, Kennedy ordered a naval blockade. So for several days, the world held its breath. Would, would Soviet ships run the blockade? Would they consider it an act of war? Well, no one knew. Meanwhile, as Kennedy and Khrushchev start, uh, stared each other down, a Soviet sub was under siege. Now, I'm going to pause there, and I would love, uh, Britt, if you wouldn't mind finishing the story, and that way we could segue into some of these articles. Hopefully I can remember it as well as... <laughs> do you want me, do you want me to keep reading it? 
Uh, sure. Yeah, it would probably come out better. If okay. Finished it up. Very cool. So I let can me add on to it after that. No, no, no. We're we're golden here. If you guys want to just give me one second here, because I'm gonna give the answer to my lovely mods so that they know. And yes, there we go. That is so funny. Auto. I can't stand autocorrect. I tell you guys, it is the worst thing ever. There we go. All right. So um, let me finish reading that because this is really, really good. I haven't even been paying attention if anybody got this. Okay, so we got the right answer, but I got to go to the top. Did you see the right answer, Britt, anywhere? No, no, I don't have the comments up on my screen. Okay, so that was Siri, and she's not. it's not allowed to play. Um, okay, so we have – I think we got the winner right here. Let me just make sure I didn't, I didn't sniper anybody here. Uh no, yeah, it looks like we've got Yeah, we got the winner right here. CS Logic. Yes, you're correct. It was the Philippian the Philippian jailer. Yep, that was him. So do me a favor, if you don't mind, go to the website, the Serpents and Dove site, go to the connect tab on the Serpents and Dove site. The website's listed below. Fill it out with your name and in the subject line, I won the book. And then just give me your mailing address. We'll send that out to you, and we'll send you um, 25 gospel cards so you could pass those out. All right? Very cool. Congrats. You know your Bible. That was quick. Um, okay, so you want me to keep reading? Sure. All right, let's do that. So meanwhile, as Kennedy and Khrushchev stared each other down, a Soviet sub was under siege. In the waters around Cuba, a U.S. convoy detected the diesel-powered nuclear-armed Soviet submarine B-59 and tried to make it surface. Only one problem. The crew of the B-59 didn't know that. As depth charges exploded all around them, they thought they were under attack. And to make matters worse, their power was running low. Their air conditioning failed and the temperatures inside the sub exceeded 100 degrees. So, And you also say that at dangerously high levels of carbon dioxide filled the submarine. Even worse, the crew lost all contact with Moscow. With no outside communication, the sub's officers had no idea what was happening. Was this a real attack? Had war already broken out? Should they surface and risk enemy capture? Or should they launch a nuclear strike in retaliation? So as, you, as, as I'm reading this, imagine how close we got to a nuclear strike right here in the United States, okay? Cut off from Moscow, the sub's captain feared war had already broken out. He ordered a nuclear strike. Fortunately, the decision wasn't his alone. Launching a nuclear torpedo, and let me pause there, folks. The nuclear torpedo that they're talking about here is, is child's play compared to what they have right now called the Poseidon torpedo. That thing is insane. I, we've talked about this before. And uh, again, this nuclear torpedo that the B-59, was it a B-59? Yes, had its... It was peanuts compared to what they have now. Um, he noticed he knew that uh, to launch a nuclear torpedo required approval from three officers, the captain, the political officer, and the sub's second in command. The political officer agreed with the captain, which left the decision in the hands of the third officer, Vasily Vasily Arkipov. This is great. Maybe I should read story like a Russian accent. A little more exciting, don't you think, folks? Um it said here, who also happened to be the flotilla commander. So do you remember the story now, Britt? What happened? Oh, 
Oh yeah, I remember. Okay, sorry, I just didn't want to leave out any critical. No, you're good. There, so, but... so what happened from there on out? He 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 said no, and yep. refused to give his consent. And keep in mind, because he was the commander. It just so happened he was on that sub. There were other subs in their group that wouldn't have had a third person that had to sign off. Yep. Two would have done the deal. So it's really just by you know God's grace that there was that third person, that third approval that was needed. So they surfaced and there's actually that you can find pictures if you look on the internet of them going away from the U.S. naval blockade, they'd surfaced and there's a person's head sticking up outside of the sub, waving goodbye as they went back, but they had no communications and had had that third person not been there, if had, had he given his consent, they would have launched a nuclear strike on our naval forces around Cuba that most likely would have led to uh, a retaliation that may have never stopped until all nuclear weapons from the Soviet Union and the United States have been launched. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's how close we came. One person averted that. Right there. That's the that's the image, folks. I believe that's the picture of the B-59. You can see the folks. I think that's it, right? Let me see. I don't might see be. That. I'm not not entirely sure. I'm pretty sure that that so would I've be seen it. a different one. So there might be different angles of it. But. There could be. Yeah. Um. I mean, I can even go here. We see all of these pictures. There's one here. Um. Not sure if this one's it or not. Yeah. U. U. S. and sure. Soviet naval. Um. That little picture right there. But anyways, you guys get the picture, right, folks? Um. That was paper thin. I mean, we literally came that close to nuclear war and, and the pu and the public didn't know that until after the cold war i don't know at what point the united states government knew that yeah but it wasn't until the dissolution of the soviet union that those records were released and we found out that that event happened and so there are other similar events throughout history and i think it it segues perfectly into what's going on today Yeah, when we see the escalation between NATO and the Russia, Russian incursion into Ukraine and just one escalation after another, yep. aid packages and oh boy, tanks, packages. talk of, you know, Air Force planes being sent. And Russia is making clear what their stance is, and it's going back and forth. And they actually... There was a war game conducted in 2019 on this very idea, Russia-NATO war, with the flashpoint being Ukraine, and it involved retired and current at the time high-level officials in the U.S. government, and they war game that out, and it actually escalated just as we were talking about and led to uh, nuclear strikes Yeah, left it's over a billion people dead. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, now everybody's looking at you. I, I literally went over there. Now I'm coming back to me. So which is a perfect segue intro to what we're going to be talking about. I mean, we're going we're gonna to kind of be all over the map, folks. But just bear with us because the first article that I want to um, show you guys is most of you already know. But we are going to send, I think the West is sending um, is it is it Germany? Germany and us, I believe it is. 
Those uh, are the two I've heard of. Yeah. So we're sending, and what's interesting here, if you guys see, they're set to receive 120 to 140 tanks in what they call the first wave of deliveries. I'm not sure how many deliveries we've got going on here, but I also found it interesting. I want to get your take on um, on this article too, and I'm trying to find out where it was at. Um, it wasn't this one, but again, we're going to be all over the map. Man, these blasted articles here, they're so ridiculous. Uh, Google ads. Uh, pardon me, folks, for that. I have zero control over that. But anyways, if World War III breaks out, tanks or fighter jets won't matter. This is what the Kremlin said. The guy sitting right here between Putin and this other general right here, that is who used to be the president of Russia, right? Dmitry Medvedev, I believe is his name. And this is the guy that pretty much said, hey, you know what? If we feel threatened at any point, it's nuclear war, period. And uh, he was very crystal clear about that. You could see that they're still close. These two guys are buddies, and uh, their friendship is not going away anytime soon. It was an article that was, um, oh, man, where is it? I showed it to you in the beginning. Uh, here it is, End Times. Uh, no, that's your website, dude. You know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm all over the map, but End Times headlines, I believe. No, um, oh, my land. What is the name? Of that one website, I see now I got to find it for you guys because um, if I don't find it, then I won't be able to sleep all night long. But is it World Net Daily? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's World Net Daily. Thank you, dude. Um, and it talked about uh, what Trump had said first come the tanks, then comes nuclear war, something along those lines. Um, no, he says, first come the tanks, then come the nukes. So in the meantime, let me look for that article for you guys, because I think it's important for you guys to, to check it out. If you guys want to read it on your own, that would be great as well. And see, here's the thing. Um, I was looking for it, but things are moving so, so fast, folks, that what I found you know, yesterday, day before yesterday, is not on the front pages anymore. That's how fast things are moving. Um, one of my moderators, uh, lovely mod Ruthie, she sent me this article too here, which I think was really, really good. Um, I might link to it before. And um, the reason I can't really talk about this article on YouTube, I'm sure you guys know why, because it mentions a certain something, something that if you mention it, they'll can you. And um, I, I don't want to go there. But this is a really good article, and it really talks about the corruption, the crime, the treason, um, everything happening real time. And so I would encourage you guys to check this out. It shows uh, uh, President Trump's tweet where he said, um, and I don't know if it's a tweet, I think it's on his thing called Truth Social, but he said a major disaster is brewing. That's what he said first. And then he said, first come the tanks, then come the nukes. Get this crazy war ended now. So easy to do. In your opinion, now we know that things are things are escalating quickly. We know Ezekiel 38, 39. To me, it seems like the stage is set. I mean, the players are just kind of shuffling on the stage a little bit. What is your take based on what we're seeing here? Because I know that Ukraine asked for F-16s, and at least, thank God, Biden said no for now. And I know that I have an article there, but it really seems like they're taunting 
They're taunting the bear. What is your opinion? Yeah, it's definitely, I'm not sure necessarily what the objective is in doing that, but they are definitely escalating. It seems at every turn, they just up the escalation for whatever reason. Um, That remains to be seen, but I want to, I'm going to go back to talking about those tanks for a second, because when we read those headlines, we can think, well, they're just, you can't just drop off a tank and say, here you go, here's this tank. People need need to know how to use them. You need to have trained operators. There's a whole logistical supply chain that goes with those tanks. Yeah, yep. To provide fuel and ammunition and maintenance to those tanks in the field. So I don't see if we're, unless it's just a symbolic move, how we could actually provide tanks to Ukraine without also putting U.S. military personnel on the ground in Ukraine. Yeah, absolutely. And to do that is is entering the war. I mean, there's no way at that point you could say that the United States didn't enter into the war against Russia. And you have really a World War I type scenario where this conflict just starts drawing in one nation after another. Yeah, it escalates uh, very quickly. I'm telling you that uh, I I know. Hold on, let me go back to both of us. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this whole notion of oh cool, well now we've a we've appeased Zelensky, we've given him what he wants, the tanks. That's trust me. I I think I read somewhere that he's already asking for more on top of the tanks, on top of the F-16s. This is not going to go away, and I want people to understand that. There's something that is more nefarious going on, you know, below the surface that you nor I may quite comprehend, not even comprehend, but we don't really have all of the information, but we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a whole lot more going on um, behind the scenes than you and I know. And I'll be frank with you guys. I don't really want to know how deep the rabbit hole goes, uh, because at the end of the day, the way I see this playing out is I see this emboldening Russia, strengthening the bear, and then they're not going to stop. I've said this before. They are not going to stop at Ukraine. Uh, Israel just did uh, an attack, and let me see if I could find that article. Again, folks, I have so much stuff here. But Israel just uh, led an attack on uh, a weapons facility. I believe it was in um, Iran, and they... So Russia came out, and in a veiled threat, they threatened Israel. And where am I going with this is the fact that, like I said, we're, we, haven't seen, we haven't seen the end of, of you know, Russia. Russia's actually making advances. I don't know if most folks, you guys are aware of that, but Russia's making some pretty big advances, and I think that's one of the reasons why Zelensky thought, oh, man, we're good, we're golden, I got this thing buttoned up, and all of a sudden he finds himself embroiled in an escalation because Russia is now making advances he didn't expect. And what does he do? He turns and says, hey, guys, I need tanks. I need F-16s. So you guys could see how this escalated from just something between Russia and the Ukraine. And what I mean by that is we're talking maybe some missile launchers. We got the guns. We got the ammo, right? Uh, And now we're talking about some real heavy artillery. We're talking about these really sophisticated tanks, um, when somebody asks, when a country asks for F-16s, they don't ask for F-16s to do air shows in their country. They're asking for F-16s for obvious reasons because they need it as strength 
for their country in, in a, you know, so that they could fight in this case, Russia. And so, um, that's not going away anytime soon, but I find it interesting that Russia now is, and I think I showed this to you too, uh, Brit, and maybe you can kind of talk if I could, you would think that I'd be a little more organized, right? Um, well, while you search for it, I can talk, put some perspective onto where we stand right now with all of this. So yeah, go for we it, dude. talked before about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Now, the United States military has a term called DEFCON for defense. Correct. Yep. Condition. It's a system one through five that's been in place since the late 1950s. And so the Cuban Missile Crisis was a DEFCON 2 event. There was only one other. Um, I believe it was the Gulf War in 1991, just for a brief period. I think they thought that that would escalate and then it was taken off. We know that there was only one DEFCON 1 event that was basically a computer malfunction back in 1960 that mistook the moon for uh, hundreds of incoming nuclear warheads. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, by God's grace, that was figured out before we retaliated against them. But there's only been... Uh, I think three DEFCON threes that we know about, because these are these are not public knowledge. They're usually released after the fact. One was the Yom Kippur War, 1973, Operation Paul Bunyan in 1976, and then 9-11. And so in each of these cases, we're talking about going up to DEFCON three or above for maybe hours to at most a couple of weeks with Cuban Missile Crisis and 9-11. Now, Again, this isn't public information what level we're at right now, but there are open source intelligence sources on the internet where people who people estimate where we're at based on historically what would put us there. And based on those estimations, we've been at DEFCON level three since February 28th, 2022. So that's 11 straight months where we've been at DEFCON three which is a level that or higher has only been reached six times in 60 plus years. That's crazy. Using that system. And yet it's amazing when you look around for all the talk of the Russia-Ukraine war in the media, no one's talking about what if, what if nuclear war breaks out over this? What if we have what I believe would be a limited exchange? Because I want to be clear, the Bible... The Bible makes it clear that humanity is not destroyed by a nuclear war. Yeah. So we will not have an all-out nuclear war that destroys all human life. But we could have a limited exchange, as we were talking about before, with that 2019 war game where a billion people were killed. And you could even have a limited regional exchange that affects a smaller group of people, but the supply chain implications lead to a billion people starving as a result of that. So this is not an area where we should be escalating without a clear reason. And the fact that there's not really any debate in the United States of America, I don't know what's going on in Europe, what the public discourse sounds like over there, but in the United States, people just seem to, oh, well, here's another aid package going. And there's hardly any talk of why are we doing this? What's our end goal? Uh, 
this could lead to a bad place. Are we yeah. sure we want to do this? We're not here. I'm not hearing any of that. Yeah. Um, question. So we go up to what, what's the highest? Is it four Defcon four? Uh, one. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, one Duh, backwards. Yes. yes, yes. Imminent. Correct. So we go, but I'm saying it, does it, we go from, is it four or five? I think it's four, so, three, two, one, right? So yeah, five is, is the lowest. Then it goes up to four, three, two, one. So we're so. in the middle. We're in the middle. But again, we've only been at three, two, or one six times that we know of in the last 64 years. I wonder what, I don't know this, but I wonder what time it was when we were at one. Because, I mean, that's crazy to be at one. It was, uh, so that was the event I was talking about in 1960 when the moon got mistaken for incoming missiles. I think it was at Thule Air Force Base in okay. Greenland. Okay. And and we, we've had others where we probably should have gone to that. And again, once the Soviet Union dissolved, we found that there were incidents exactly like that on their side, where okay. you had, you know, 1983, you had Operation Able Archer, which was this NATO defense exercise in, in Europe, and it was on a grand scale, and it was just practice for NATO. But on the Soviet side, we didn't learn until later that they thought that it was a preemptive attack. And they had, they were on the ready for a nuclear strike. Yeah. And they've had incidents in the past in the Soviet Union where they had radars that showed incoming missiles and it was a computer glitch. And again, it was one person who said, no, let's wait. And it resolved itself. That's just <laughs> Whereas insane. if they had said, no, go ahead and push the button, it, it would have would have happened. Can you guys imagine, I, can, can you imagine what the spiritual um what the spiritual warfare must have looked like in those instances i mean what it looks like now as well but how amazing that god's hand intervened every single time because god has a perfect plan and it's unfolding according to his perfect timing and nothing is going to deviate from that nothing at all right so everything that's happened is because god has his stamp of approval to say but at the same time, we know what's coming. And I think one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this whole talk about nuclear um, you know, threats and everything, not only you talk about that briefly in your book, which I think is a fabulous intro, we've not moved away from that. We've actually, I think if anything, we're moving a lot closer to that because in my opinion, what we're going to see, what we're going to see, we're not going to see it, at least balcony seats, we'll have balcony seats, but I don't think we're going to be here for the Gog-Magog War. From what I read in chapter 38, actually 39, it definitely seems like there's going to be some sort of nuclear exchange there, right? The description of what's going to happen to, to, the, to people's bodies, their eye sockets, their tongues. It really seems to me that it's, it's a description of some sort of nuclear exchange, right? So... I don't see this is not going away anytime soon. And um, this can worry some of us, right? Because we're not only seeing threats of nuclear war, escalation of this possibly turning in. Some people are calling calling it World War Three. Like I just read to you, you know, if it if World War Three breaks out, tanks and fighter jets aren't gonna matter anymore. We know that. Um, we there's an article here that I wanted you to kind of you give us an opinion on in regards to CBDCs. We don't hear much about that right now. And that's what I'm saying. I know I look disorganized 
and I have good intentions because I have so much information to share with you guys, and it's happening real time. I'm telling you, there's just so much that it's almost impossible to not bounce from one to the other to the other because at the end of the day, they all kind of tie hand in hand. One of the things that I wanted to share, we'll get to that CBDC is, but one of the things that I wanted to, to share real quick, I found it, was we had Israel. Let me get on over here and show you what I was talking about. So we've got Israel that uh, they, through a drone strike, they hit this weapon production facility. You can find this news article um, on Israel National News, right? Um, so supposedly, according to them, it was a success. And it says an Israeli drone strike inside Iran hit an advanced weapons production facility in an attack that in an attack that Israel believes achieved its goals. And so if Israel's happy for with it, then you know it definitely achieved its goals. Now, if we look over here, what was a repercussion maybe of this? Well, um, we have here, this was just yesterday. Russia sends a veiled threat to Israel and the United States over this uh, Iranian weapons depot blast. Some might say, well, what's the big deal? They're doing that constantly. You gotta, we need to understand how deep uh, Russia is embroiled with Iran. And if we look at this one right here, we could see Iran now has enough material for not just one, not two, but several atomic weapons. And this is a, a warning coming from the UN, right? Uh, I would, there's certain things you gotta remember. The, the UN, right? They, the United Nothings. Somebody, some people call them that, but there, there's some, there's a lot of truth to some of this stuff, and we've been talking about it. I know that uh, there's been a lot of prophecy teachers talking about the dangers of of Iran getting nuclear weapons, and we're that close. And if we if we take a look, one more, let's just go a little further. Well, here it shows that Russia is now the biggest foreign investor in Iran. So what does this tell us? What does this tell us? Well, it tells me that the ties, the biblical ties that we read about in Ezekiel chapter 38, they're there. The, those ties are not only, they're not only uh, completed, but they're strengthening those ties right now. And, and I think it's really important for us to, to make sure that, you know, we don't lose track, we don't lose sight of everything happening around the world as it relates to Bible prophecy. It's really, really important for us to stay focused on that. And like I said, as much and as disorganized as I might seem, you guys could see how one thing ties into another, but it's happening real time and it's happening so quick that it's so difficult to get this stuff over to you. Britt, what is your take on all of these ties between Russia, Iran, foreign being now the largest foreign investor? Do you think that they are pouring into this, uh, the nuclear, helping them become nuclear capable for Iran? Is there an end goal in mind? Sure. I think that they, um, you know, given, given what's going on in Ukraine specifically, Russia doesn't want to be isolated. And we've seen a number of nations sort of fall on their side, including China, Iran, um, even Saudi Arabia, 
has moved away from U.S. influence over toward what we would call the BRICS nations. Yeah, now. the BRICS, which it really to, seems like the tell world us what they are. Hold on, hold on. Tell us what the BRICS nations are. So it stands for uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and then the S is South Africa. But we've seen a number of countries come out in the past 18 months or so and express their interest in joining that coalition. And those include the really the who's who of natural resources yeah. and oil and gas producers in the world, uh, Saudi Arabia being one of the biggest of those. And then we also see this tie with Iran and Russia when you talked about they're the largest foreign investor. Yeah. I think they announced just a few months ago a $40 billion investment in offshore natural gas fields off the coast of Iran. And Russia and Iran are trying to get, uh, I believe it's the United Arab Emirates, to join them in a natural gas of OPEC yep. nations, like an OPEC version for natural gas. And they are the two, the world's two leading pipeline suppliers of natural gas. UAE is the world's leader in liquefied natural gas. So if they can cover both of those, they can control the price on the world market because the price is controlled at the margin. You don't have to control all of it. Yeah. But if you can control a big chunk of it, you can direct the price and that's to their benefit. Can I jump in real quick and ask mm -hmm. you a question? Uh, because sure. now that you talked about natural gas, this is something I'm not going to have time to bring it up. But about a week or two ago, I read an article how now the U.S. is the second largest provider of natural gas, right? I don't know sure. if you read that article somewhere or if you've, you've heard it mentioned. What blows my mind, though, is that, for example, in our case, we got a letter from the gas company saying that our bill is now going to triple is going to triple. Right. I don't know if that's the case in in the entire United States. I would imagine that that's probably going to be the case across the board. So um, what, what do you think about, now I think it's lunacy, but here we are sending natural gas over and we're going to go, okay, we're going to send it over there. We're going to be the second largest provider of natural gas, but guess who's going to pay for it? You and me. Right. Right? Am I off yeah, base here? And, that, and not only that, it's extremely inefficient because you're taking this process where you're taking this gas, converting it to a liquid, putting it on a ship yep. where you're using energy to take it across an ocean to Europe. Then you have to process that back into a gas form. I mean, this, is, this there's a reason that wasn't done before right. and it was supplied by pipeline. And we see all these green energy policies that supposedly say they don't even want to use those forms of energy, yet that's that's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Because because at the end of the day, fossil fuels power the world. Yeah. And they, they power the economy. There's a direct correlation between the world economy, each nation nation's economy, and their access to energy and energy use. Yeah. So, so energy is the driving force of of the economy and uh, power, and, and power. I know we're bouncing. We're, we're, we're all over the map, but again, I, I can't, I can't stress enough the importance of how, well, not importance, but how difficult it is to keep up because of the amount of things that are happening literally on a maybe minute to minute basis. I know you, you run into that. And so you have right. to sift through a whole slew 
of articles and probably go, man, all of this relates to Bible prophecy. We're at a point right now where you could probably take 90 to 95% of all um, events happening on a global level and categorize them, right? Um, white horse, red horse, black horse, pale horse, um, deception in the last days. Uh, you've got um, Temple Mount, Israel, Jerusalem, literally, right? Is that, that's, I mean, that's where I believe we're at right now. Yeah. And I think the way this all ties together, we talked before about birth pains and what do birth pains do? They increase in frequency and intensity. Correct. The main event nears. And so it would make sense that things would start to ramp up with frequency and the intensity of the types of events we're talking about if we're nearing that event. So you think about something like the nation of Israel, you know, the nation of Israel, it'll be 75 in a few months. That's a sign that's a birth pain that's been around for a while, but it just sort of sat there by itself after, <laughs> after yeah. the Israel declared its independence. Yeah. Let me but ask then you. we had 19 Go years ahead. later, we have another birth pain. We have the Jewish people back in control of Jerusalem following yeah. the six day war. And then we've seen just more and more and, specifically the last three years. I mean, that's the reason I started doing videos on YouTube was I realized I could no longer write fast enough and I couldn't cover nearly everything. And and as you said, I can't can't even cover it now. Yeah. Talking about them every day. I mean, you were showing me some news articles before we started this and some some of them I hadn't even seen yet. Yeah. And I'm looking for this stuff every day. So yeah. <laughs> that shows you how 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 it's getting. But I think, again, when we talk about nuclear war, for instance, when I was growing up, people talked about that. We were in the middle of the Cold War. I know in the 50s and 60s, people were building bomb shelters Mm -hmm. and making preparations. Today, people seem, eh, whatever, it's not going to happen. If it it does, what can it? They just seem to blow it off because it hasn't happened. We've had a long period of time since the last nuclear weapon was used in a war. Back in 1945, and they think, well, because it hasn't happened, yeah, it won't happen. But just the existence of the nuclear weapons, keep in mind for when we talk about what generation are we in right now. So for if you take 2,000 years of Christian history, uh, nuclear weapons have only been around for, what, 4% of that timeline? The nation of Israel ha- didn't exist for 93% of Christian history. So these are major signs, even though they appeared decades ago. And now we're just seeing those signs ramp up as part of the birth pains. You were talking about central bank digital currency. For decades, centuries, people would read the book of Revelation and say, how can they control every buy-sell transaction on the face of the earth? Correct. And keep people from buying and selling. Now we see exactly how that could happen. And they are telling us yep. we're rolling it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's like a hundred central banks all over the globe that are either exploring or doing pilot projects of central bank digital currency. The United States is doing a in the middle of a 12-week trial right now. They've told us they're going to roll this stuff out. It's coming. And once they do, it enables the exact same mark of the beast technology. It doesn't mean that it is the mark of the beast, but now the stage is set. The foundation is laid for the mark of the beast to arrive. Just as you were saying before, when we read these headlines, we see, well, I could see now how 
you know, Revelation 6 could play out in the next month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. of the way that the stage is set for it. So we're seeing all these stage setting things The you know, Russia and Iran for centuries of history, they had no alliance. And then the last 15 to 20 years, they've come closer and closer and closer together. Yeah, well, and even the last, I would say the last couple of years, the last couple of years right. uh, during this administration, I have seen them uh, strengthen their ties like I've never seen them before. And case in point, you know, like I just showed you guys how now Russia is the largest foreign investor in Iran. That should be telling. And what we should be ask, asking ourselves is, what are they investing in, really, is the question. Because I guarantee you they're not investing in textiles. They're not investing in infrastructure for roads or they're going to build, you know, cars there and then they're going to import them into Russia. That's not what they're, as far as, as far as I believe, that's not the case. And we could see now where the, I believe where the investment is, is obviously military munitions, right? Um, and helping them and aiding them in getting these weapons that they need. Russia's only doing it because they think that in the end, it's going to benefit them. And we know, according to the book of Ezekiel, that the three main stage players, which are Turkey, Russia, and Iran, they're there. I mean, they're set. And so uh, how, how that's going to play out, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the coming months. Um, and then we'll see. But I don't doubt this one minute that Russia will, Russia will invade Israel, just as Scripture said it will. It's going to happen. One thing that we don't hear a whole lot of is Damascus. Now, we've heard... You know, Israel will will do strikes close to Damascus and the outskirts of Damascus. But keep your eyes on Damascus because that's not Isaiah 17. That's not going away anytime soon. And they're dangling the carrots over here and our attentions over here. But don't forget, I always say this. I want to know what they're doing behind their back. And that is something that you and I need to remember because Brit, as fast as these things are happening, you and I literally talked briefly about the CBDCs. You talk, you talk quite a bit about that. Um, that's something else. You just literally talked about um, supply chain shortages again and food shortages, right? We're talking. I mean, inflation has gone through the roof. The price of food. I'll I'll be frank with you. It, for those of you guys that go shopping, grocery shopping in the evening versus those of you guys that go grocery shopping in the morning, you'll know what I'm talking about. We usually go between 7, 7 and 9 a.m., sometimes earlier. But you can usually find eggs in the morning. If you go that same day, and I'm just strictly talking about eggs amongst other things, but if you go, let's say, at 6 o'clock or 7 p.m., there's no eggs. They're, they're all gone like that. Someone told us there's an egg shortage. Oh, really? Yeah, there is an egg shortage. Many of you guys remember Brit. When was it? A couple months ago, a few months ago that they euthanized millions and millions of chickens and poultry, right? Sure. And what are we yeah, seeing? About a, about a year ago with the avian flu started coming yep. up and they, they did that. But I'll also point out that this is what happens in inflation and specifically hyperinflationary events. If you study Weimar Germany or Zimbabwe, inflation leads to shortages because 
in this case, a, a lot of what's leading to this is the, the cost to produce those eggs for the farmers has gone up much faster than the price that the grocery stores are willing to pay them right. for those. And so they just simply don't do it because you can't afford to produce eggs at a loss. Mm-hmm. And definitely you just can't do that. And so this happens in an in inflationary and especially hyperinflationary nations where think about, you know, just a basic store that buys its supply and they may, let's say that the, the, the price of that goes up between when they buy it and when they sell it to the end customer. Well, then they have to get new inventory and they just receive that revenue from what they sold. But the cost of replacing that inventory is higher than the revenue they just received. So they're going to be able to acquire less inventory, Correct. which leads to less available, which leads to, you know, shortages. This yeah. is, so, this, so I think it's it, avian flu definitely plays a role. But I think this is part of just the inflationary environment that we're in where the government lies about what real inflation is. They put out the CPI in the United States, that's the consumer price index, and say, oh, inflation's 7% when it's 20 yeah. or higher. Yeah. And, and they do that because it's linked to their social programs. So that means that Social Security recipients get a 7% increase instead of a 20% increase, which would you know, more quickly bankrupt the already bankrupt government. Sure. <laughs> makes sense. So. Yeah, no, it totally does. 100%. So tell us something. Where do you see, because again, for those of you guys that are following Brit, and I would encourage you guys to go to Brit's channel, subscribe to it, like it, um, turn that notification bell on too, because Brit uh, does some fabulous, fabulous work at bringing you guys and sifting through a lot of these articles and just bringing some fabulous, fabulous talk to the table, one of the things you've been talking about lately too, and I know I'm kind of jumping around here, is this whole notion of being transhuman, right? Of 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 really playing God, essentially. That's what it is. Trying everything uh, possible to live forever. We know that's not going to happen. Not in not in this body of flesh and blood. It's not going to happen. Um, so talk a bit about that too, because. Yeah, we talked about nuclear war. We talked about the inevitability of war because the Bible tells us. We talked about uh, food shortages, and that's not going away. We didn't talk about the effects. If you think we're seeing the effects and fallout of the breadbasket of Europe, which was the Ukraine, right? You don't. We don't hear much talk about that anymore. And how is that affecting the food supply on a global level? How are the um, the government intrusion into farmers, not only in Europe, but also here in the United States and in America. How is that going to affect the food supply coming up? Also, just briefly, to, I know, again, I'm all over the map, but this just goes to show how fast things are moving, how quickly things are going. So, Britt, just briefly, if you wouldn't mind just touching on this lunacy of wanting and trying to live forever that you've been covering. Well, I would, I, I think it's a, a modern day religion for people who have rejected God. This is, this is just the logical outcome for that. So people, you hear people pushing the idea of monkeys demand evolution. And so the transhumanists believe that the next step in that evolutionary process is humans merging with technology to become what they would call post-humans or superhumans, 
And of course, we've heard that term bandied about before in the past of, you know, the master race. But you can see where, where that is going. And we've talked about some recent articles uh, with Elon Musk and Neuralink yep, yep. and uh, Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates have a competing technology to put brain chips, you implant brain chips into your body. And of course, they, they start out by saying, well, we want to help quadriplegics, paraplegics regain use of their limbs, or we want uh, the blind to be able to see again. And of course, we can see the deception behind that because those things have happened yeah. in the past through the miracles of Jesus, but now they're being promised through use of this technology. Yep. And so in the course of reading through these news articles, especially with Neuralink, Elon Musk came out and said, well, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to get one too. Yeah. And I'm, I thought, well, to my knowledge, uh, Elon Musk doesn't have any of these disabilities that supposedly this brain chip is going to cure. Yeah. So why would he get one? And the reason is, is because they want to upgrade humanity. There's people that believe, I mean, we've seen a chat GPT yep. come out recently. I don't know if any of you have played around with that. Don't but, do it. And you can ask this thing <laughs> anything and it'll, it'll spit it out. But yeah. there's people that think, well, what if I could implant a link into my brain so that I, I have that? Yeah. And then I'll be able, I've even seen comments from people saying, well, you say you're not going to get it, but when your colleagues get it and put you out of a job, you'll you'll have to get it or something to that effect. So we're gonna we're gonna leave you behind. There's gonna be, you know, two groups of people: the desirables and undesirables. And the desirables will be the ones that merge with the technology and take on these superhuman capabilities. And you know, as you read through some of the the things that these people want to do. It aligns a lot with what we see in the Bible. You know, if we read Psalm 2, it says that the kings of the earth battle together to make war against the Lord and his anointed one. And they say, come, let us break their bonds. Mm -hmm. Let's end their, their enslavement of us, basically. Yeah. And so we see this very thing when they, uh, we went over an article last week about this guy, Brian Johnson, who sold his company to eBay for $800 million, and now he spends $2 million a year just doing all this extreme uh, health exercise regimen, getting yep. MRIs every month, all this other stuff. Yeah, because MRIs to, won't kill yeah, you, right? right. <laughs> all that radiation. <laughs> oh, man. But, but he, he sees his body as a device that will break down, and he flat out said, I want to end that decaying process. And he, he doesn't realize that that process is because of sin. That's sin right. is the, the underlying root cause. And the only thing that can save you from that is the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That is it. Yeah, that's but right. People that believe in the transhumanist movement believe that they can download their brain to some distributed network so that if their body is destroyed, they can just download into another device. I mean, it's really uh, creepy, crazy stuff, yeah. but it's taken very seriously. And from a you know a material standpoint, there's no reason those things can't be done, that we can't go far down that line. And I think it really puts new meaning into Jesus's words when he says, unless those days were shortened, 
no flesh would survive. And when you look at the original word that was used there, it's sarks, and it actually means flesh on bone. So it's not necessarily all human beings will be destroyed, but perhaps we get to a point where humanity has gone so far down this path that they do become post-human as the transhumanist desire. And humanity will all but disappear unless Jesus comes back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what is the desire of humanity? It's the same desire Satan has to sit on God's throne, send his throne, and be God. That's right. And and we see that in the Garden of Eden. That That was the lie that enticed Eve was, no, you won't die. You're, you will be just like God. That's right. And that's what we hear the transhumanists saying is, we're going to be gods. We're going to be masters of the universe. You know, what, what really opened my eyes to this was back in 2006, I believe it was, there was a book called The Singularity is Near by Ray Kurzweil. He was a famous inventor. I believe he still works at Google on a number of different projects, but he, he's been very accurate and some of his forecasting of technological trends. And he was taking the same approach that Brian Johnson was taking, where he's saying, I'm watching my diet, I'm exercising, I'm doing everything I can to stay alive till we reach this point where I can merge with technology and live forever. And in that book he was talking about, I think he ended it talking about leaving Earth, humanity leaving Earth and infusing the universe with our intelligence. Yeah. And his assumption was that the universe was not already infused with intelligence. Correct. But when I read that, I thought, well, that puts humanity in a direct physical, not just spiritual, but a physical confrontation with the Lord and creator of the universe who already infused it yeah. with intelligence. That's right. So that's where that's where the title Racing Toward Armageddon came from for the, the book that book I wrote, which was all about this. It's about if you overlap these technological trends with what the Bible says is going to happen, they overlap. You know, yeah. we see th- we see things like, for instance, uh, one of the reasons people aren't afraid of nuclear wars, they say, well, mutual assured destruction, which is this idea of, you know, this, Russia won't attack us and destroy us because then we'll attack them and destroy them. So neither one of us attack. But that's a technology that is aging and becoming obsolete. And once you have new technologies come and, and that circumvent that doctrine of mutual assured destruction, you will have another world war and it will not lead to the destruction of all of humanity. It will lead to uh, a single victor. And I write in that book about how in order to prevent an arms race in that era, whoever develops that technology will have to use it conquer the entire globe and and eliminate any dissenters that's right which and all of this is what we read in the bible that happens we read there is a world war three in revelation six yep and all of humanity is not destroyed as a result of that and in the aftermath of that we have a global empire ruled over by one person the antichrist yeah yeah everything you've just said literally see i'm of the belief that none of this whole transhumanist uh, garbage is going to happen. None of it. I, I don't think the Lord is going to allow us to get to a place where we're going to be able to implant chips into our brain and download all this information because God didn't create us that way. That would mean that we supersede the creator. 
and that will never happen. Um, we're going to try, not we, I don't include myself, society is going to try to keep doing this, this push. Like you said, it goes all the way back to the garden. Uh, you can be like God, and it's this whole puffing up of pride, right? I've talked uh, about pride, I think, in the solos I've done. But pride is something that's really dangerous and something that we, even as believers, need to always remember and keep at the forefront of our mind because it doesn't just show up like that and obvious. Pride usually creeps up unnoticed, and when you least expect it, well, it's usually when you realize it's because you've the Lord has brought you down to your knees, and the only place for you to look up is, you know, I mean, the only place for you to look is up to the Lord and surrender, much like David did. I've said this before, much like Nebuchadnezzar did as well. And we see other examples of pride throughout Scripture. So I don't think it's going to get there because if we look at the technology outlined in Scripture, if things keep going as they are, unhindered, right? And without any stops, all, all stops are pulled out. If that keeps going, I believe it actually will surpass. The technology that we hear about in Scripture, right? And I, I know that there are those that varying opinions. They don't think that's the case. But obviously, the Lord has a, a beginning and an end date for planet Earth as, as we read about it in Scripture. I'm not talking beyond the, the millennial kingdom. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about beginning of Earth and then end of, I guess, human history as we would know it, right? But... When we look at what's happening now, when we see everything that the the world is engulfed in, it it really should pause us, take pause and realize, whoa, that's how close we are, right? That's how close we are to the Lord coming back and taking his church away. Because wars and rumors of wars, check, right? Pestilences, check, famines check. Uh, yeah, we don't have the Antichrist ruling and reigning yet, but we have the spirit of Antichrist ruling and reigning in a lot of parts of the world right now, and you can check that box off too. And I believe it's that spirit of Antichrist that is going to definitely lead into and birth the working, full-functioning new world order, which will morph into the Ten Kingdoms, the, the world being split, and then we know the Antichrist comes out of that, right? Out of the, the ten horns. So literally, you can go down and just check it all off. And I want you to clarify something before we kind of move on to questions, because there's a lot of questions that have come in. Um, I didn't mention China and the U.S. For most of us, we think we're not at war, but we really are. There's this thing called uh, economic warfare, right? We have that. That's been going on for a while now. We also have the threat of China invading Taiwan. That has not gone away at all. And if you guys are wondering whose side Russia's on, let me just tell you that it's a big red flag with a yellow star on it, just, just to let you guys know, right? So um, let me read something real quick here, which I thought was good. This is on that article. It says, whereas Trump normalized bilateral relations with Russia, and I like the way the guy put it here, and put China on a leash, following his inauguration, Biden immediately resumed Obama-era policy to reignite a constructed war 
That's interesting. Constructed war with Russia caused by Ukrainian regime change drawing back to 2014 and relentless NATO encroachment and then put forth policies that were whose, whose policies? China's policies. That should really also raise alarms because not only do we have the front of Russia, Ukraine, we have the ties with Russia, China, and then China's implementation and encroachment here at home, right? So, dude, oh, we're all over the map, are we not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think I've thought from the very beginning that the end goal of this war, it's financial. That is the the primary means, yeah. I believe, that Russia and the BRICS nations are trying to free themselves of the U.S. dollar. Yep. And, they, and we saw after the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine what the response was. It was sanctions. It was freezing Russia's foreign dollar reserves. It was kicking them out of SWIFT, which is this payment system. Mm -hmm. It's used all over the globe. And the U.S. dollar is, you know, the, the, the blood of world trade. And it hinders these other countries that are producing the very countries we're seeing going into the BRICS nations, yeah. the ones that have natural resources or are uh, producing things. So we've seen over the last 50 years, the United States, what is our number one export? It's the dollar. Yeah, We create a whole bunch of dollars and send them all over the globe. We've outsourced almost all of our manufacturing and production and exploration of natural resources to these other countries yeah they don't want to be paid and pieces of paper that can be printed at will and they don't want to be in a situation where if they fall into fall out of favor with the united states they can have their reserves seized they can be kicked out of the system they can have sanctions put on them and be isolated on the international stage yep. and so they're banding together to set up their own economic system. And they're, they're, I believe there's a meeting set for September of this year where they're going to discuss a currency. And there's a lot of different speculation over what form that would take. But the belief is that they would use blockchain to and pledge gold or some other commodity, oil, to that blockchain currency and make it convertible yeah. into that real thing. That and what that does is it it preserves the purchasing power of that. So like if Saudi Arabia sells its oil to some other nation, they receive something back in return and they may not want to spend that right away. Yep. Well, if they get dollars and those dollars lose 50% of their purchasing power. And as you said, anybody that goes to the grocery store knows that their dollars have been lo losing their purchasing power. Yep then why would they want to do that? Why would they want to hold on to those dollars? But if they could trade them and get a currency that could be convertible into something else, well, that's not going to lose its purchasing power because it's right. convertible into that item. Yeah. And so we're seeing much of the world, it's I think close to 80% of the world's population is within these nations. They're talking about joining the BRICS nation. And a lot of the world's production and resources. So it would really bifurcate the economy. If it happened, you would see uh, U.S. financial power go away very quickly. And you would have 
along with it, the United States military would not be able to do what it does today, because that's all built on the fact that the dollar is the world's primary reserve currency. It's used for trade internationally. People need dollars. They don't need those dollars anymore, and America's financial influence goes away, and America's military influence goes away as well. And yeah. you know, we don't hear about the United States in Bible prophecy when we talk about Ezekiel 38 and 39. No one comes to Israel's aid. That includes the United States. In the past, people have speculated it may be true that you know there's an administration in power that doesn't want to come to their aid, but it's also possible they cannot that the True. United States will not be able to come to Israel's aid because its power and influence will be just a, a shadow of what it used to be. And I think that the final nail in that coffin when that happens is going to be the rapture I of agree. the church. Yep. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't see that influence waning between now and then. And we have seen that because not just with the war in Ukraine, but when the United States pulled out of Afghanistan oh, yeah. in August 2021, that sent a message to the other countries of the world that you can't count on the United States as a partner. That's right. We left behind U.S. citizens. We left behind people that helped us for that 20-year period, and they were left to the Taliban. Yeah. And so Saudi Arabia immediately saw that and said, well, we have an alliance with the United States where they've agreed to protect us in exchange for only trading our oil and dollars. And within a couple of days of the Afghanistan debacle, they signed a defense pact with Russia that most of the world has gone unnoticed by much of the world. Yep. And so they have definitively moved out of U.S. influence toward Russia and China. And they, they came out and called China their number one customer for the next 50 years and beyond. So again, that's a large swing oil producer in the world. And the, the world right now runs off of fossil fuels. So that's a lot of power that went out of the U.S. camp into this BRICS camp. And I think it sets up Russia to be an ascendant power prior to that Ezekiel 38-39 conflict and the United States to wane as a international power before that. Yeah. And we, listen, folks, I didn't even get to talk about uh, the WEF's meeting in Davos, the four takeaways from that. And it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy what the what these guys want to do. And um, again, we we just don't have time to cover this stuff. Look, let me show you guys what we didn't get to. Uh, who's been illegally giving China U.S. chips for nuclear weapons labs? These are labs that they help they they use these chips and computers uh, to to help um, proliferate nuclear weapons. So who's been doing that? Right. Article talks about that. Um, this was Blinken, our secretary of state, went and uh, uh, to Israel. And if you guys think that the Lord is going to bless this, well, we're and I know you guys don't, but we're mistaken. Where the U.S. the, the administration is still pushing for a two state solution. And don't let me say this real quick. Don't think for one minute that the Abraham Accords were any better than that, because the Abraham Accords was really vying for a two-state solution as well. So it this had nothing to do with, oh, Trump's better. Hey, look, Trump might have moved the embassy to Jerusalem and might have, you know, told uh, 
the world, hey, the Golan Heights belongs to Israel and done a lot of good things, and I'm not going to lessen that. But when it comes to dividing the land, the Lord is really, really strict about that, really strict what he says. And so we're still, we're still doing that. Um, and, and on and on, what do, who, who is this? That's Abbas. That's a, you know, the Palestinian Authority leader. And again, these are articles that I didn't get to. Here's uh, Biden, you know, saying no to the, to the F-16s um, for now. Um, this is one thing that we didn't get to talk, uh, talk about, but we kind of covered it. Why would the WHO suddenly update medicines list for nuclear emergencies all of a sudden? Um, I mean, we just spent, Britt and I just spent the last hour mostly talking about nuclear war, the proliferation of, of wars coming. And so just to show you guys, this is just on and on and on. Our country, well, guess what? It's getting invaded. I mean, I hate to say that, but for, for, for folks, if you think it's just in the South, it's coming in the North too. And we need to ask ourselves, what is being allowed in our country that um, have people that have very nefarious reasons, you know? bad players coming into our country. So uh, we didn't get to talk about this either. I mean, Britt and I just briefly chatted. We, we had a, a chuckle about it, but there's really nothing funny about this. Britons are going to be paid or, you know, to be paid to not use electricity between 5 and 6 p.m. on Monday. Do you guys think for one minute that they're only going to relegate it to Monday if that works? And, and you guys think it's only that's only going to stay over there in Europe and that, that something like that's not going to come here? Again, we didn't get to talk about what they, what they said at the WEF meeting in Davos, Switzerland. Stuff like this is on the docket. It is on the docket. And if, if for one minute we think that normal is coming back, trust me when I tell you normal is never coming back. What I know is coming back is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is coming back. And that is where we need to make sure that we have our hope. And that's where we put, you know, they say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's the only basket I've got all my eggs in, is in the hope that Jesus Christ brings us, period. So, Britt, you cool? I mean, I know we 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 covered a lot, dude, and we didn't cover a lot, right? I mean, seriously. Sure. Uh, and And folks, what I showed you, that was like stuff from uh, from earlier this morning and from yesterday. Uh, if I go on right now, all that stuff's probably old hat. I mean, there are some we didn't even talk about these classified documents being found right now. You know, the Biden docs. What's going on? You know, behind the scenes there. I'm telling you, um, the Lord's coming back soon. The Lord is coming back at any moment. And all I want to urge each and every person, whether you're listening right now or you're going to listen to it post-live stream, be ready. Get your house in order. Be ready for the Lord to come back. And, and, and share Jesus Christ with as many people as you possibly can. Now is not the time to just, uh, literally, I hate to use this analogy, but to crawl into your bunkers and wait. Now is the time to get out and share Jesus Christ with people. So I want to urge you guys to do that. Britt, you cool if we take questions? Do you have some time for questions? Because sure. we got a whole slew of these right now. And um, Ruthie's been fill up 
sending me these questions, which I think is great because a lot of them will get lost in the feed. But uh, let's start here. So Tyler Walker said, um, what sources can we use to hear real news and not agenda-based? Uh, I don't know. I, I, have a, I have so many. But is there any maybe a, a, that you can tell people wh where they could go to get real news? That's the hard part, yeah. folks. <clears throat> what I do is, is stay, stay grounded in the Word. Stay grounded yep. in the Bible as your primary source and filter everything you see here and read through that yeah. to, and use, use your own critical thinking. There are elements of the mainstream media where you can find truth. We were talking beforehand about often that's found at the very bottom of a news article. Yep. They'll have a headline that points one way and pushes the narrative they want to push in the first couple of paragraphs. Cause they know that most people are on like, 89% of the people won't get any further than that. That's right. And so the lead or the, the big story is usually hidden at the end. So maybe start by reading your news backward from the bottom. To the yeah, top. we do that. <laughs> That's one way to do it. <laughs> um, I found Zero Hedge to be a pretty good source of information that they've had over the years. Yeah. Um, YouTube, you know, find, find, find people who have been... Uh, correct in the past like brit so like so like for <laughs> instance uh there's an economic blogger named mike shedlock and i remember back in 2006 2007 he was saying there's this big housing crisis coming and we're gonna have you know this economic crisis and so that adds more weight to what he says since then doesn't mean that i take everything he says is you know this is going to happen sure but I know, okay, well, I will listen to what you have to say because you've proved yourself insightful or correct in the past. Yeah. And so if you find that there's news outlets or stories or channels of information that are consistently wrong or pushing propaganda, ignore them. Yeah. And focus on what you found turned out to be true after the fact. Yep. So, yeah. And, and just refine that process over and over and over again until you have multiple sources that have led you down the right path. But again, I, it all comes back to the Bible, Yep. making sure that we filter everything you see here and read through that Bible, because if it contradicts it, it's wrong. That's it's right. Awesome. And discernment, guys, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us discernment. And I love it. You, Britt, you hit the nail on the head. you got to know your Bible, because if you don't know your Bible, you're not going to have anything to compare it to. And it's important to know your Bible, big time. And listen, on my side, I go all over. There's really not one place. Zero Hedge is a for sure. I use Zero Hedge a lot. Israel 365 News or something like that. World Net Daily. Um, End Times Headline. Just use caution when you go to End Times Headline. Some of those can be a little sensational. Um, I'm not saying they're all bad and, and there's a lot of good articles. But just again, just you know, use... Um, use discernment and uh, because I can understand how some of these can become sensational, but God doesn't call us to be sensationalist, right? We, we, God gave us, I've said this a billion times, He gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. So exercise that sound mind. So I'm all over the map. I on mean, on that note, I want to address that for a second. Sure. Because there are 
sometimes in the past where we've seen in, within the realm of Bible prophecy this push to have sensational headlines or new ideas, these things that come out. But keep in mind, the Bible prophecy that's been in front of us in the Bible all along is sensational in and of itself. And we went over this before. There's actually two definitions. If you look up sensational, there's one that means like this tabloid of little substance sensational. Yeah. And then there's sensational, which means excellent. Yeah. And that's where the Bible fits the definition of sensational. Think about this. Sure. Of, of the things we've been talking about today were all foretold 2,000 or more years ago. And yet we're seeing them come true right before our eyes. Correct. We had the prophets of the Old Testament telling us that there would be a dispersion of the Jewish people, that they would come from north and south and east and west back into the land that God gave them and become a nation again. They would become a nation in a single day and they would no longer be divided. All these different characteristics that describe the nation of Israel as we see it today that's Bible prophecy fulfilled in our time right in front of the whole world's eyes. Yep. Undeniable doesn't mean that people don't deny it, <laughs> but it but it is undeniable and it's sensational when you think about it. It's yeah. to to think of only God can do that and he tells us that in his word that you know let your false idols try to do this. Let <laughs> yeah. them tell the future they can't do it. Yeah. But I can. And that's God's signature, his watermark that says the Bible is my word. There is no other. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, I'm glad you brought that up. It's sensational. So, yeah. And, and so there's no need to, to go and try to find, you know, some new thing or a sensational headline. It's already sensational. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's I what, agree. That's what we should be focusing on and, and focusing on all of these events that were foretold coming to fruition in our day and time for our generation yep unlike no other yeah i'm thinking of you know peter's prophecy where he said that people will say well where where is the lord's coming everything's the same as, as it's, it's always been, been. Mm -hmm. you keep saying he's coming back and i've heard people say that even in a bible study yeah and yet any objective observation and evaluation of the world in which we live would tell you that these days and times are dramatically different from anything the world has ever seen. I mean, for most most of human history, horseback was the tra fastest you could travel on land. And only in the last 200 years have we been able to overcome that yeah. and travel faster, <laughs> you know, and yeah. just all of these different things that are changing and changing exponentially just as birth pains, if you plot those on a curve, it's an exponential curve. It's all pointing to the main event, which is the return of Jesus Christ. And the second coming. Correct. Okay, yep. so again, the, when we talk about birth pains, I want to make sure people understand we're not talking about birth pains leading up to the rapture. We're talking about the birth pains that are leading up to the second coming. So... <clears throat> I would venture to say that what we have here aren't even Braxton, Braxton Hick contractions. These are the real deal, folks. And if, if we see these starting to happen with frequency for sure, and then we see the intensity growing, rest assured, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is coming back for us any moment. I know Britt and I can't stress that enough.
We can't stress that enough. And that should be encouraging. That should definitely be encouraging. Right. So now, along those lines, think, go of, ahead. think of what Jesus said to look for in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, mm -hmm. when he was asked by his followers, what are these signs we should be looking for? Think of the book of Revelation, all the Old Testament prophets, what they said tribulation period would look like. I can't think of one thing in that list that we either haven't seen fulfilled or the, the stage being set for it to be fulfilled. Yeah. People openly discussing things like rebuilding the temple yep. so that there could be an abomination of desolation. Yeah. You know, all of these things, there's not one that's missing. And Jesus said in those passages, when you see all these things take place, when you see all of them coming together, yeah. know I'm near, right at the door. Look up, your salvation draws near. And you know what? Um, I'm looking right now because as you were talking about um, Jerusalem and as you were talking about Israel, I'm always thinking, you know, the Temple Mount and the temple being built. Uh, I always say, hey, remember to keep an eye out for the Temple Mount, right? Because as I, I've echoed Don Stewart where he says, Israel is the hour hand. Jerusalem is the minute hand, and the Temple Mount is the second hand. Uh, again, that was something that I wanted to talk about. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to talk about it, but uh, we have now discussions, and, I, and there's hopes that Netanyahu won't cave to this, but where um, they want to build more on the Temple Mount. The Jordanians, right, want to build more on the Temple Mount. And if if for whatever reason, Netanyahu would allow that to happen. It would look in the eyes of the enemies as weakness to them, right? To allow more building on the Temple Mount. So there is stuff happening in the second hand when we're looking at it prophetically speaking. So I agree 100% with everything you just said. Well put, by the way. Sad, sad fact that we have come to a place where now right? A word case in point, like sensational, man, that was sensational too. That was great. Right. We we've come from a point where that was the meaning to, you know, in, in recent history, meaning, like you said, these sensational statements where they're blown out of proportion, like you said, tabloid like statements and so many other words that we've had to tell, you know, our boy, Hey, it used to mean this dude, but you can't say that anymore because now it means this. And unfortunately, that's the day and age we live in. You know what I'm saying? But I'm glad you brought that up. Super glad. Okay, uh, Robin Masters, how long does it take? Uh, how long does it take to learn to fly an F-16? I have no idea. I've never flown an F-16. I would love to fly an F-16, but uh, all I could say is that these uh, these guys, the the pilots, they've been specifically trained for that specific aircraft. So. As far as I know, and if anybody is on here that is uh, an ex-pilot or has flown jets, correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, when you're when you're tested and you know you're you're given AOK -okay to fly as a pilot in the military, they'll actually put you where they think you're best gonna uh, fit, whether it's in a F-22 Raptor, F-16, F-35 you know, the Hercules, the C-130, or the C-5. That's my understanding. So how long does it take? I don't know, but I I, I would imagine it's not going to be an overnight thing or that they have you play this simulator video game, you know what I'm saying, and then you're, you're able to fly an F-16. Were they getting those pilots if they didn't have those jets? 
that's a question that we might want to ask, right? Where would they get qualified pilots to fly F-16s? I sure hope we're not stupid enough to say, hey, we'll give some pilots over to you guys. But at the end of the and day. They, and how would they refuel them? Yeah. Too? Yep. How so would they refuel again, them? Again, we, we have to, and if we're going to do anything more than symbolic, if, yeah. it, if, if doing these things is anything more than symbolism, then it's going to, it's going to need our direct involvement yep. in that conflict. And yeah. I would argue we're probably already there. Yeah, for them. sure. And like you said, the, they refuse them for now. We'll see. Right. We'll see. Okay, um, that was an off-topic one. Um, I guess we could ask that one. It's totally cool. Um, Taylor Walker wanted to know, if you're pregnant, and obviously for women, let's clarify that, guys. <laughs> uh, if, if a woman is pregnant and Jesus comes while the woman is pregnant, what does Pablo think about that? What happens to the baby? Um, I'll tell you what I think, Britt, if you want to jump in too, I don't mind. I know I've gotten into discussions about this. If the woman is pregnant and, uh, Jesus comes while you're pregnant, if the, if, if the woman is a God fearing believer, baby and woman, they go up in the rapture. I think that's what you're talking about. The rapture, I would imagine, uh, clarified, right? However, uh, for those ladies that are pregnant now, and the rapture comes, it's my understanding that baby is not going to be taken out of the womb. I don't know what you might think, Britt. You might think different, but it's, I know that a lot of people, I might get emails, don't send me emails, hate emails about that because I'm not going to answer them. But it's my understanding that, um, that that baby is not going to, is not. Now, again, that's speculation because I can't find anywhere in scripture that speaks into that. Okay. I want to clarify that. That's my opinion. You could, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I was going to say my answer is I don't know. Yeah. Because um, we we can speculate is there some sort of age of accountability in every child beneath that age or, or adult of certain mental capacity is within that age of accountability where God just raptures them? Or does that only extend to the children of believers? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Leave it at that. And again, that's just my opinion. Okay. That's just my opinion. And the reason why it's, it's the, the life is connected while that baby and that child is in the womb, it is connected to the mother via the umbilical cord. And there is life there. I'm not saying that that's just, again, my, my opinion, it is purely speculative. And I'll tell you what, when we're all raptured, we're all find out. So there's that. Uh, that was off topic, but okay. Uh, Gary Thorington, will the USA be destroyed by a nuke attack by Russia, North Korea, and China before the rapture? My guess is no. And the reason I would say that is because I I believe that based on, the, while the scripture doesn't explicitly say so, I believe for for the rapture to truly be an imminent event, there can't be certain things that have to take place. And I think, you know, given descriptions of that time as being the world is going on like normal, then I can't imagine we would have an event of that magnitude and it wouldn't wake people up to, although I guess <laughs> given the events of the last three years, a lot of people have not awoken to the times in which we live, but I think that the, the people are going to be going about their daily business um, yeah. right up until the day of the rapture. Yeah. And I think if, if and, and you certainly can't specifically say 
that have something has to happen before the rapture. Otherwise it's no longer imminent. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, someone said here, I agree. And let me just speak into it. Where was it? Uh, Sir Kaya said, where the Bible is silent, we need to be silent too, because we just don't know. Totally. I get it. Again, that's why I said that was my opinion. All right. Someone also asked about babies that had been gone through an abortion and died there. 100% in heaven, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, I've, I've also, the Bible is silent as to, um, the Bible doesn't say specifically if those that have had mental handicaps will go in the rapture, but I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that they will. It is, I, I believe 100%. If they have not, if they don't have the mental capacity to make that decision and understand, you know, um, uh, the the concept of sin and right and wrong and what Scripture says, because they just don't have the mental capacity. God's gracious that way. God's merciful that way, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like Britt said, there are children that um, before that age of accountability hits, I believe they will go in the rapture, one hundred percent. So um, it's not that I'm I'm not. Adding to scripture, I want to make it crystal clear. That was my specific opinion that when when talking about a pregnant woman, okay? Again, I don't know what the Lord has in store for that. Who knows? Only God does. Only God does. But it's going to be a time that's horrible post-rapture. And that I can guarantee you because that the Bible does talk about. So... Um, but yeah, I agree with what, you know, the Bible is silent. Okay. But there are some things that we can, the Bible infers, and then it's, it's not necessarily because it's silent, but we infer, uh, uh, from scripture, what it says. Um, let's, let's move on here. Okay. Linda Pelletieri, have they talked about Russia and, and let's try to get, I'm going to try to get through as many of these as possible. Cause I know you're You've got things you've got to do. Have they talked about Russia and Iran blending their economies? I've not heard of anything. What about you? Well, the, I believe there has been talk about their settlement of certain oil products in a, they have their own sort of digital currency, but it's based on, it's gold backed and it's only between trade between Russia and Iran. I think they're probably trying to set that up for that OPEC of natural gas that we talked about before. But there is definitely strengthening economic and military ties. But a blending, a Russia blending of both economies, like where they meld. I don't. You yeah, think? I haven't, I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, okay, Carol Ing, question: How can all the counties be at DefCon? Well, you said DefCon three, not DefCon two, except for the. I think she means countries. How can all the countries be at DEFCON 2 except for the U.S.? I, I didn't know that all the... Did you say all the countries were at DEFCON 2? No, the, no. It, to my knowledge, DEFCON is only used you, by the U.S. Yep. military. Yeah. I don't know if NATO also pays attention to that or not. And, and again, that's not publicly available information. It's inferred and estimated based sure. on people who have knowledge of the inner workings of that and they put out their best estimates and based on that yeah i believe we've been at defcon 3 for 11 months now yep and trust me i as soon as the rapture happens to me that's always been the catalyst i believe that'll be the catalyst for pardon my french but all hell to break loose literally and i mean that in a literal literal sense but um will be the rapture of the church i guarantee we'll probably go to defcon 1 
probably at that time. Again, we don't know. That's just my opinion. All right. Um, okay. This one's a quick one. Robin Masters wants to know, do you think the elite know about the book of Revelation? It's possible. I mean, we know that uh, Satan can quote scripture. Do so they care? Do they the care? Evil, That's the question. Evil people may know about it. They may be using it as a blueprint. Who knows? Yeah. But or the, I, do, I really don't know. Do they care? <laughs> right. <laughs> do they care? I think that's the bigger question, uh, Robin, is they, they might know about it. They might be aware of it. But at the end of the day, they probably don't care. They don't think it's inspired word of God. You know, they might see some cool ideas that they could take from that and say, "Ooh, this sounds cool. Maybe we should do this, this and that. Who knows? Right. At the end of the day, who knows? We didn't even talk about you've all know Harari and most of you guys know because I've talked about it. Britt, I'm sure you've mentioned them before it, with this whole transhumanist movement and um, well, so much more. But anyways, uh, he knows. Trust me when I tell you he knows head knowledge about scripture because he's jewish he knows head knowledge but there's a big difference between head knowledge and, and heart knowledge so um i think that's where this question goes head knowledge versus heart knowledge carly one of my lovely mods um who is in uh new zealand pray uh, i'm not sure carly if you can tell me how's that rain going i'm curious has that subsided or because I thought I read somewhere that they're bracing for more, but I think I could be wrong. It could be old hat news at the end of the day. Who knows? But if Carly you could let me know. Anyways, her question is, do you think Ezekiel 38 and 39 is a dual prophecy? Meaning what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. What? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure when a dual prophecy. Carly, if you want to just... Um, uh, just clarify that. That'd be cool. What do you mean by a dual prophecy? Uh, you mean maybe if if it's Armageddon and if it, I'm not sure because some I know some folks think that uh, the war of Gog Magog is the war they make it one and the same with Armageddon. So I'm not sure if that's what you mean, but uh, if you can clarify that, Carly, that would be great. We'll get back to that. Okay, uh, Bryce and Maddie Hester question. Do you think we should be mentally preparing here in America for heavy persecution as Christians? Sure. Yeah, we should always be prepared for everything. We should be looking to God and the Bible for wisdom. And when you know we read the Bible, we read about the wise prepare, right? And and if we wanna if we wanna strengthen ourselves, as Paul said, as an athlete does. We should be preparing ourselves spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, every way that we can to be as strong as we can for others and to, to be able to preach the gospel to as many people as possible, be as resilient as possible so that we're able to do that. So, yeah, I mean, where there's, there's no guarantee that because, of, because we've been relatively persecution-free in the United States, all my life that, that that's going to continue or that the rapture will occur before we see you know some new level of persecution jesus said in this world you will face trials and tribulations but take heart i've overcome the world so we need to be mentally prepared um we need to take advantage of this window of time where we aren't seeing the level of persecution some people are seeing in other parts of the world yeah to go out and take advantage of the fact that you can go out in public, that we can still be on YouTube like this without Amen. this being shut off. Um, 
because clearly there's we're we're moving toward those days. I mean, when I, when I was in college, anybody could come speak on a campus, and there was there was no problem whatsoever. There were people that might show up and ask tough questions. Yeah. But yeah. nowadays, you go on a college campus, and if you do not speak to the narrative that they want you to speak to, you were run off of the campus, and it is just in a short window of time, completely flipped. And we've got to believe we could see the same thing in regard to, you know, the freedom and, and religious liberty we see in much of the Western world. That could change very quickly. I mean, we saw some of that over the last three years where churches were forced to shut down. And in some cases, we had pastors arrested simply for opening church. So, yeah, yeah, I would, I would prepare, you know, it yep. doesn't hurt to prepare. No, it doesn't yeah. hurt to prepare at all. But like, I like what you said, always keep the main thing. The main thing right now is sharing Jesus Christ with as many people as you possibly can. 100%. Carly said, um, the rains, let me get over there again. Uh, let me see. Yes. Um, okay. No, that's not it. Yeah. It's so rains have subsided. But they're bracing for more. So please keep all our brothers and sisters, Carly included, in your prayers, please. Because if you guys have been keeping track of the crazy rain they've been getting in New Zealand, especially down in the Auckland area, it's nuts. The flooding's been insane. So please pray for them, um, uh, to for the Lord to send some of that rain to California, because we need it really bad. So, um, And in regards to the question of... Uh, let me go back here. Carly, do you think Ezekiel 38, 39 is a dual prophecy? I think maybe, Carly, what you're referring to is in um, Revelation chapter 20. I could be wrong, but Revelation chapter 20, starting at verse 7, this is after the millennium when the satanic rebellion is crushed. It says in verse 7, now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations. We don't know how long that while is going to be. Again, this is where the Bible is silent. So to, to try and guess is pure speculation, so we best not. But it's, it's a while, as the Lord says. We'll go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. I think here, specifically in reverence, and then, Britt, I'll turn it over to you real quick. Um, this isn't, my understanding is not a dual prophecy. It's not the same as the Ezekiel 38, 39 war. But I think here in chapter 20, the Lord is using Gog and Magog as a description of, an ancient description of, of the enemies of Israel. And that's from my understanding. So it's a description of the ancient enemies of Israel. So um, I don't know if if you want to add anything to that. I know that um, these are just names given to the people that are joining Satan in the fight again. So I don't know if you want to speak into that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree that there are two separate events, one that takes place at the end of the millennium and one that's going to take place, I believe, either just prior to the tribulation or sometime before the tribulation period, because it talks about Ezekiel 38 and 39 of Israel burning the weapons, the weapons that are left behind for seven years. Correct. So, you know, there would be 
my and again this is my opinion maybe i'm wrong on this but they would have no need after the tribulation to burn those weapons correct or they may not have the ability at the midpoint of the tribulation so probably a three and a half year to one second window prior to the tribulation where that event would take place yep, agreed but i, I want to point to something you discussed earlier about the the three main players in this ezekiel 38 39 coalition of russia iran and turkey how close they've come together. Those passages also say that they attack from the north. Yep. And all three of those nations have standing armies or military personnel to Israel's direct north yep. in Syria as a result of the Syrian conflict of the last decade. So when could we have said that before? <laughs> Again, That's we're seeing right. the stage set for all of this, and it means they have the ability to operate under the cover of that conflict to position themselves yeah. and and explain it away somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. so we're I believe we're getting close. We're just seeing the stage set for, for years and years we've seen it set, but it's really ramped up. Yeah. Uh, with each passing month, week, year <laughs> that goes by, where we see more and more of this. Yeah, absolutely. So hope that answered Carly. Good question, by the way, because it's important to make sure that there's those distinctions set there, but definitely two. Um, one is Ezekiel 38, 39. That's a single prophecy. And then uh, I think that's a title in uh, Revelation chapter 20. Gog Magog is a title given to those that rebel the enemies against God, right? It's an ancient term for ancient enemies of God. So um, I think I think we got, we're, we're good. Maybe one more question and then we need to roll because we're, you got things, I got things. Y'all, man, we got to roll. We got things to do. You know what I mean? Anyways, uh, okay, two last questions. One really quick, uh, DEF CON. Please tell us what the acronym stands for because somebody wanted to know. I believe it's Defense Readiness Condition. So it's just what state of alert the U.S. Armed Forces are on. In, re in response to a nuclear conflict with DEFCON 1 being imminent war. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't, actually, I don't know if I would, um, I'm not going to recommend this movie, but I think it's funny. Okay, I think it's funny. There was, and you're laughing already because you know which one I'm going to talk about. There was this movie back in the days, it was called War Games. I think it came out, yeah, it came out in 1983. And, um, it uh very similar i'll show it here real quick it's this one right here it's with matthew broderick and it's called war games <laughs> you re i know you're laughing because you remember this but anyways um that movie talks about this it's really let me come back over here to us it's some kid who's like this hacker video gamer and he finds this game and eventually this game actually what it is it was this program written now and it's supposed to simulate world war and he he does this thermonuclear war between the u.s and russia but it actually is happening in the movie and uh, i just think that that was kind of funny that movie came out in 1983 during the cold war and uh, here we are yet again talking about the same old things so anyways that's what defcon is and last question for you Britt: uh will future babylon be oh here we go literal we don't have time to get pookie great question but we don't have time to get into this will future babylon be literal or roman empire definite so um if you want to give no, a quick 
Yeah. So the book that you put up before that I'd written called The End Times, yep. I addressed that and I say, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. There's a good case to be made that we're talking about the literal ancient city of Babylon being rebuilt. There's a good case to say that that is a reference to the city of Rome. Um, that And so I believe, I, I personally lean toward it as the city of Rome, but I can see the other position as well. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. I know um, uh, Lee just did a show, I think, on Babylon, but I haven't watched it. So I don't know. I At the end of the day, it is... You know, it's one of those subjects. I don't know why people get so heated about this when we talk about a literal Babylon or Rome, you know, city of seven hills being Babylon. Um, I can guarantee you it's not New York for sure. It is not <laughs> New York. All right. So uh, little little known fact that the only the only st- well, it was a colony at that time. The only colony to abstain from the vote for the Declaration of Independence was New York. Every other one uh, voted aye, which was yes, except New York. They said they uh, they abstained from voting. So they usually, when you don't vote, that's a vote. <laughs> but anyways, little, <laughs> little known fact. Anyways, I know. Folks, uh, Britt, dude, this was great. This was great. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was good. We can't wait. Let me see. October, November, December. We can't wait three months. That's too long, dude. So much happening, right? Yeah, yeah. Who, Let me know anytime. That we're gonna do it again. I don't. I couldn't tell you. Some Russian big name. I don't know. If it was Stalin or uh, who was the other bad guy? There was Stalin. There was Lenin. Lenin. Yeah, one of those dudes said. Yeah. <laughs> It was an older one who said something a lot, or maybe it was a newer one. I know it was Russian, where um, like decades happen in a day or someone. Was Lenin? Was yeah. it Lenin? Do you know that quote? Yeah, I can. I might butcher it a bit, but it's something like decades go by where nothing happens, and then weeks go by where death decades. decades happen. Yes, that's it. So, folks, <laughs> we were we went three months without having Brit, which means. Decades happened in three months, <laughs> but we will try not to do that again. So uh, Diane Paul said, please come back, Britt. And yes, we will have Britt. We're not going to do three months. Actually, soon as we're off the air, I will get Britt back on the calendar and not three months from now. So uh, Ruthie put Britt's website up right there. Please visit it. Uh, get this. Get all his books. They're all great. They're all about like this. They're great reads. I have... Another one back here, which is another fabulous read, Racing Towards Armageddon. Folks, I want to encourage you guys, support his ministry, go get his books. You won't be disappointed. Fabulous material. Brother, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. And to everybody, yeah, love it, man. To everybody out there, don't forget the uh, Serpents and Doves website uh, right there. And then, um, again, if you feel led to support, you can do that. Also, please, like I just said, go to Britt's website. Full of cool, cool, cool stuff and great resources. I hope you guys were encouraged, blessed, challenged. If you've not called on the name of the Lord, I want to encourage you to call on the name of the Lord to be saved because tomorrow is promised to no man, okay? Whether it's via rapture or graduation via death, it's going to happen, and there's only two places 
where everybody's going to end up. There, everyone's going to have an eternal address, and it's either going to be in heaven in the presence of our Lord and Savior or in hell in complete separation and darkness from our Lord and Savior. And uh, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Call on the name of the Lord to be saved. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You won't be disappointed. And uh, we pray that you were blessed. Until the next time, may the Lord richly bless you guys. Remember to keep looking up. I forgot to tell you about the gospel cards, but if I don't have time right now, these are the gospel cards. Um, you can go to the website, hit the connect tab, fill it out, give us your mailing address. I'll send you 25 for free. If you want more, just consider leaving a small uh, donation to help offset the cost. If you can't, I'll still send them to you, however many you want. Let's get the gospel out and uh, share Jesus Christ. All right, that was it. Until the next time, Lord bless you guys. Keep looking up. See ya.